Hello, Playful Warriors, and welcome to another episode of Clamor for Fun, the podcast that turns climate change into a laughing matter. Here is Antonio Salituro, climate scientist, writer, and comedian. I'm thrilled to have Nick Aldridge with me today, who is the co-founder of the Climate Science Breakthrough Project. Welcome, Nick, and thanks for joining me. Hi, I'm very glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Ready to entertain us about climate change? <laughs> Yeah, I was going to wear my clown costume, but hopefully I'll still manage. <laughs> that, that would be fun. Um, okay, so let's crack on. Right, uh, Nick, along with the Utopia Bureau, uh, you launch a project called Climate Science Breakthrough. One of the major goals of your initiative is to translate mind-boggling scientific concept into simple and emotional messages for anyone to understand. So in other words, make it more human. That's great. But please tell me you're not using ChatGPT for doing that. <laughs> well, I'm really hoping AI that I think is going to change so many industries more than we realize. I'm really hoping it will struggle with edgy comedy. So yeah. that's, sure, that, that's surely a human trait that I think will be uh, quite hard to replicate. At least I hope so. Uh, uh, I, no, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really hope so too, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, the climate science breakthrough. I mean, I'm still pinching myself that it, it's actually happening. Um, it was the culmination <laughs> of quite, quite a lot of thinking and, and I guess, worrying. And I'll relate that to, you know, I assume that's why you set up your podcast. You know, the people who have become very aware of the threat of climate change spend yeah. a lot of time wondering about how we can do more to tackle it. So yeah. this goes back to before lockdown. And I had this concern and mine related to you know, we we need a societal shift, but society isn't responding. And I became troubled by why other people weren't troubled like <laughs> I was. You know, so friends and acquaintances who would just think, oh, here he goes again. Talking about <laughs> and these are... but. These are people I know, and some you know people I know less well. But these are rational, intel intelligent, caring people. Yeah. Um, but they, but they, on the one hand, seemingly obli oblivious to the sort of scale of the threat and the time scales that are involved here. Yeah. You know, and this is the, the fight of our lives. But there are not, but there are too many people who haven't had the memo. You know, it's uh, we yeah. we we need to engage more of these moderates. You know, if we're going to be successful, I remember just recently Antonio Guterres making that. Um, comments about we need everything everywhere all at once you know yeah, related yeah. to the film True. and then we so we so we need more people yeah. so and then i'm sat there thinking how do you engage these people because climate hmm. change is complicated people's attention spans have got shorter yeah uh, climate deniers and delayers are confusing the mix um True. the media the media are asleep pretty much <laughs> um, and so for me I, I i would read articles papers watch talks and then i'd think instinctively i need you know this needs to be shared you know the um but here's the problem you know i remember particularly the point when it started to come together there was a paper by chatham house about okay. future threats that were coming down the line it was really succinct and clearly laid out yeah and then there was a talk i saw on youtube by a favorite climate scientist of mine kevin anderson a professor okay professor of energy and climate yeah and i and the, both these things were hard-hitting succinct really deeply troubling but also to me made me want to react in some way to 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 try and do something about it cool and and so that yeah i wanted to share that information because you think it to, to yourself that everyone has a right to know this yeah um if if when they know it they might decide just to completely ignore it they might decide to start 
drinking red wine for breakfast and (laughs) we're all done for, but they have a right to know it in the first place and and make that decision. You know, I I don't want to get to the point where things are falling apart, where all these people are turning around saying, I didn't tell me it was going to be this bad. So, so then there's the problem because the Chatham House report was, I think, 300 pages long. God, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 the Kevin Anderson uh, footage, and this was a clincher. It was, I think, maybe a student had filmed it on an iPhone, sat to one side. The lighting was pretty poor. The sound was awful, <laughs> and and it wasn't a good watch. Not because of the content. I mean, because of yeah. the way it was the way it was packaged. Yeah. You know, it might be the same with an article by George Monbiot. Well, that's in The Guardian. I don't read The Guardian. So you have all these obstacles. Yeah. You want to share this stuff with people. You want it to be shareable and you want it to spread through society where everyone sort of gets hold of it and says, right, yeah. we need to take, we need to, you know, we need to make plans. We need to take action. Yeah, true. So it occurred to me, what if we packaged up these climate scientists in the same way as we package and treat um consumer products that we buy so what if we go to yeah. climate science is the same treatment as a, the latest iphone or <laughs> uh, the you know a new car or a fashion accessory yeah and so this thought got in my head because my, my background's marketing but i was more on the client side i wasn't the creative one who came up with the ideas but <laughs> i could just i could just envisage the ad industry getting involved here not so not the climate movement not the people who are already all screaming at each other about the yeah. problem but People from outside that bubble who yeah. work work in, in advertising, which is all about pushing buttons and turning something <laughs> that might that might be a little bit boring into something that's interesting. Yeah, true. You know, and I also thought it needs to be something that hasn't been tried before, something completely different. So, somewhere in the blur of of lockdown, I I, I came across uh, Ben and Henrik of the Utopia Bureau. Oh yeah, um, and so they're a creative comms lab. So these are advertising people. Who kind of get, well, who kind of get it? Who get it? But <laughs> I guess they're in they're in the same place I was, where they're starting to think, look, we so this is serious, and we need to do some. Yeah. We need more. We need more things to happen. Um, so yeah, we got together, and and there was a back and forth, and 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 this plan slowly formed. That's cool. That's cool. So uh, as part of your project, to get more into detail, so you, you're shooting short videos where climate scientists are paired with comedians like Jonathan Pye, who act as translators. So I know that Brits trans- trusted a tragic comic figure like Farage, but do you think people will t- <laughs> take comedians' climate translation seriously enough? Or <laughs> Well, that's a, that's a great comedy question, putting Farage yeah, in there. Uh, I think are, yeah. I, just, just, for, just for national pride, I think I should add in that if you... Include the 13 million people that didn't vote. Most people didn't listen to him. But yeah, the put- that's true. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely, true. absolutely. You, you, yeah. Some people have the gift of communication, don't they? Uh, and you've got the climate science, and it's not cutting through. And the human brain, it kind of prefers stories to data. Well, for, yeah. for lots and lots of people, and the climate scientists, because you've got to give them the credit for the climate science, but they're not trained, or they're not supposed to be trained in in shifting society and how it yeah, thinks true communication isn't their number one job that's the creative industry's job yeah um so this is where the utopia bureau came up with the blinder because we were talking about you know we we need a mechanism here to make this interesting to hold people's attention particularly and yeah. to make them share it because that's the, you know the problem i was having with my kevin anderson video yeah uh, so like i said people with short attention spans they don't want the detail they what they want but they need to learn this 
really important information. So yeah. that's when they came up with the idea of the comedians as being as being the translators, basically. Um, you know, and, and will people take that seriously? I think, unlike Farage, the comedians sat with an absolute expert in their <laughs> field. So we we did it. We, we did very much intend from the beginning to target, you know, climate scientists who really know their stuff. Not that I don't think I know of any who don't, but these are professors. You know, we're dealing with people yeah. who are who have a huge depth of knowledge. So it's it's that juxtaposition of the professor and the and the comedian who both are great at what they do, and that's the interplay between them that I think really works. I think it works very well. To be honest, I watched the videos and they are amazing. To be honest, I, I really highly recommend. So, I mean, let's change slightly the, the, the topic. So while being non-violent in general, climate activists are often trying to break through airport gates, museum, etc. So do you think this is an effective way to break through to people or break their balls? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so, so that, you know, the activists, we need the activists because they get it they get this stuff on the front pages but not everyone yeah. relates to activism this is yeah. an issue isn't it yeah, but, true, true. and also not everyone relates to protest especially now when it's becoming more and more difficult to do it it's becoming more unlawful so there's a there's a slice of 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 england of, of, of our country that doesn't want to go there with the activism uh, but that doesn't mean that they're not susceptible to messages so yeah so yeah, we we've got the activists doing their thing, but there needed to be a, a different thing, and we're not the only people trying this. We're other people looking for for, for new angles, but yeah. essentially it's a numbers game, isn't it? Because we're not reaching enough people. And yeah. have you read this sort of uh, these theories, these social trans uh, transitioning theories about how you need about twenty five percent of society to to oh. move in a certain direction, and then everyone kind of follows because we're social creatures and we don't want to stand out doing the right. wrong thing. Okay. Maybe especially the Brits, actually, because we, <laughs> we, we, we're very keen to do the right thing in social situations. But yeah. so you need you need these tipping points to happen. Yeah. And to do that, you can't just have the sort of activist environmentalist community only. You need yeah. the moderates involved as well. So this this endeavor was to try and bring a whole nother group over into into the world of being concerned about climate change. Cool, cool. So, have you thought about actually translating, in a way, you know, one of the climate activist uh, guys, you know, XR or whatever, you know, pairing instead of a scientist and a comedian, pairing an activist and a comedian? Perhaps that could work as well. Because you know, many many times, actually, people don't understand why a climate activist is doing something, he's doing an extreme act, and maybe comedian can put it in a different way, can make it appreciate, you know, a different angle. Maybe. There's certainly some mileage there, isn't there? Because I think people think, yeah, they're kind of people who want to break the law and that's how they, yeah, they yeah. that's how they run their lives. I think yeah. they don't quite realize some of them are re retired headmasters and school teachers. Yeah. yeah there's, there's, there's definitely something in that. But the, the, the area we've stepped into has lots of mileage. You know, when we first launched yeah. it we got we got retweets and likes from gary lineker okay. tom york uh chris packham you know it was cool uh, climate scientists so it's very fascinating how lots of people just jumped in and went this is what we need nice. because we, yeah. we have we're missing this we needed this <laughs> yeah, yeah so you know I, I yeah i'm hoping that that will lead to more people doing similar we have this idea that maybe this could be rolled out in other other countries you know different parts of the world oh yeah um so yeah it, it hopefully has lots of mileage
Cool, cool. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it will go long way. So w- when you're you're not dealing with when you're not dealing with the climate science breakthrough, you work for a, for a sustainable insurance provider called Nature Save. So I read that as of 2021, your company donated one million pounds to its income of its income, sorry, to environmental and social projects. So first of all, well done. So one of the project piqued my curiosity because it allows prisoner to refurbish bikes. Was it just an excuse to insure those bikes against theft or like, seriously, can, can, you tell, can you tell us a bit more about the project you're supporting? Always looking for an insurance opportunity, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, yes. so yeah, the, the, the model, so the business was set up in, uh, in, in 1993 by, by a chap who happened to be a neighbor of mine. Oh. Uh, and, and he looked at the insurance industry and was ahead of his time really in environmental terms and just thought this these guys are not tuned into what's coming down the tracks you know they're not responding to it in the way they should and he had this i think he got a sort of inspired by the um anita ruddock um okay. uh, with, with you know what she did to the beauty industry the body shop yeah but he yeah, kind yeah. of set up this model where 10 percent of what you pay in the premium went into a charitable trust and the charitable trust would support projects uh, all over the uk um ranging from five about 500 pounds to a, a few thousand pounds but it, it was open to anybody and anyone really in in the early days i mean since that time what we've tried to do is have funding windows so for instance there's one running now which is all about river and shoreline pollution so it's really trying to reach yeah. community groups who are trying to tackle river pollution in their areas uh the one before that was called reuse repair repurpose and yeah. share yeah and and it's just fascinating how you see it's quite inspiring to see all these groups popping up uh, trying to tackle all these different um issues that relate to you know the circular economy how we can not waste as much cool. uh, so yeah the really diverse projects we've helped door mice water voles we've uh, you know got vulnerable people doing upcycling and you often nice. get this quite nice social dimension so you'll have an environmental project but it, it also has a yeah a strong a strong social dimension so yeah so in recently the, the the founder matt who i mentioned he he kind of came to the end of the road with this so he he sold the business and uh has, has okay. retired and we've now become part of the benefit group so we're in a group okay. uh that, that was set up by the church if you've heard of ecclesiastical insurance that's kind yeah. of their former name I and see. so they they exist to give away all their available profits to charity so it's a it's a yeah. fantastic model and it was a it was a welcome relief for us because we have some seriously ethical clients at Nature Save. So where, where we moved to next needed to be a very ethical new home. And uh, yeah, we we're we're quite happy that we found one actually. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So like, I want to pick your brain on the insurance bit. Yeah. So one of the short term impacts of climate change is more frequent and violent flooding. So according to a 2021 survey, about one in five Brits are not checked whether they live in a flood risk area. So do you think that's because they're used to water so much or what? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, it's a, that, do you know the, the thing about weather and Brits is a funny one, and, and often, <laughs> I, often when I hear the climate scientists talk about extreme weather, I get worried because I think we live in a country that has already has quite extreme weather. Yeah, everyone, everyone in this country's got quite a blasé attitude about the yeah, sort I, of threats they talk about. Honestly, it, I, I always say, I always say that you know, climate change has arrived in Britain much earlier. You know, like because you know, we, we're used to it. <laughs> So I, yeah, I think we often have a bit of a shrug when someone someone suggests there could be an issue with a flood or something. It's something that happens somewhere else. But yeah. no, this is this is a huge issue actually in the insurance industry, and it sort of touches on the whole 
business as usual model that you see in a lot of in industries. I don't think the industry has fully recognized the, the severity uh, the, the, of the flooding you're talking about. Yeah. And I think, yeah, there's there, there's something like 700,000 homes that are in a in a sticky situation when it comes to insurance now because insurers have these models or map-based models of where the flooding is supposed to happen. And if you live in one of those, they're becoming less and less keen to to to, to issue insurance for, for those. Yeah. Um, there is a scheme called floodry where insurers huh. pay these levy into a sort of government organized scheme and yeah. and that raises some some money but it only it, i think it only affects homes built up to about 2009 so it was after 2009 when we started building on lots of floodplains so we've we've got it's one of those many climate issues that's coming down the tracks i don't think people are really aware of but it's it's not just the uk i mean there are yeah yeah, parts sure. of, yeah parts of california now that are uninsurable due to the forest fires and i think i read that in australia one in 25 homes will not be insurable by 2030 because of wow. similar similar unprecedented levels of crazy weather that is coming down the tracks yeah that's crazy to be honest i mean yeah well it's a shame so, like, okay, staying in the insurance world. So, some of the top insurance providers, like Alliance and Phoenix, joined the Partnership for Carbon Accounting Financial. It sounds cool. It sounds fancy. Basically, it's a standard to report carbon emission. Yeah. So, that sounds great, but there is a catch. This standard doesn't force the insurance to factor in the so called scope free emissions. Yeah. So, besides accounting for most of companies' pollution, scope free emissions are tricky to measure as they come from sources beyond their control, like suppliers or third party transport providers. Now, coming back to your company, Nature Saves, not only measures scope free emissions, but also reduces them. And one of the tricks, one of their your tricks, I guess, was switching to a four-day working week to minimize the emission driven by your staff commute. So my first question is, can I join your company? And like, <laughs> jokes aside, I mean, are you investing that spare day in climate science breakthrough or breakfast and some bathing on the Devon beach? <laughs> well, well they, there you go. If we if we had responded to climate change when we knew it was a serious threat, it would be the latter. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not the former. And I know so many people who say similar things that they're having to put all this energy into something that we could have yeah. could have got around. No, you it's you've you've touched on a really interesting and unique issue. And this is how I ended up. I I had no interest of being involved in insurance, but it was yeah. when the founder said to me, Did you know that the people you pay to protect you from future risks are the world one of the world's biggest investors in fossil fuels? Uh, yeah. At that point was that that seems to be um that, that's a fascinating conundrum, isn't it? So yeah. you pay a premium, they take the money, they invest that money because they need to be able to pay out the claims. Yeah. But the but yeah, the money's propping up the fossil fuel industry. But that's that's issue number one with the insurance industry. And issue number yeah. two is they also insure the fossil fuel projects. <laughs> now, if your fossil fuel project can't get insurance, you can't get finance, you can't yeah. deliver your fossil fuel project. Yeah. So we've got an industry that's got two enormous levers that it could pull. And it, it it's in this incredible position. Now, many of them are changing and there are, there's a lot that's happening. And certainly on the sort of divestment front, lots of insurance companies have moved in the right direction, although there's still, as we always see, still a lot to do. Yeah. But the big one is the, the insuring of new fossil fuels. And so that's quite a hard thing to to tackle as a as a we're a broker. So we try and offer the greenest insurers 
we can to our clients. Yeah. yeah. And even the insurers who score well on doing the right thing still have exclusions uh, and are still insuring some new fossil fuel projects in the North Sea right now. Yeah. So it, it's an interesting area, but I'm there because my thought was, well, listen, everyone needs to know this, that, you know, the insurance industry has this power. Clients have power collectively when they focus on industries. I mean, you can see what's happening in the banking sector and people yeah. punishing certain banks for still financing fossil fuels. You know, so yeah. you, you can make shifts when it comes to the finance sector. And I think raising awareness and talking to people about what insurers are doing and what their roles yeah. are, and then highlighting that there are some insurers that don't underwrite any fossil fuels and have divested of all their fossil fuel assets. Yeah. So that you know the, the group we're in, um, the benefit group, so ecclesiastical insurance, ANSVAR, these guys have all moved in the right direction. So it it is a moving picture, but it is shocking that some of the big insurers are still doing things that you know the people are now protesting about, but they haven't yeah. yet linked it to insurance. I think I think it's coming. I think or, there are already people targeting uh, Lloyd's and other insurers, but I think yeah, the insurance industry is is we need to see change and we need to see it quickly put yeah. it that way yeah no definitely definitely true so okay so let's move to some more uh, the silly part of the podcast so uh, t tell me one thing about climate change that makes you laugh i know it is tricky i know it's, it's hard but <laughs> well i i okay i can fall back to the making of the 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 films so we we did one okay. with um we did one with Kiri Pritchard McLean, uh, yeah, and she was yeah. she was with um, Bill Maguire, who, yeah. um, and Professor Bill Maguire, and we did one with Jonathan Pye and Joanna Haig, yeah, uh, Professor Joanna Haig, who's a professor of atmospheric physics. So we had this, yeah. we had this wor worry that when the when the serious scientists come in, and we had you know, <laughs> full, we have film crew, there was so many people around, you know, two lot two cameras, there was a lot of people involved in this process, yeah. And and how are they going to experience it? And how would they respond to the comedian? And and you've seen the films. The comedian yeah. does a little bit of swearing. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so, so when we'd finished filming Professor Joanna Haig, and she was sort of having a cup of tea, she was watching Kiri doing her segment, and then they come together at the end and do their do their joint interaction. But I yeah. remember Kiri make cracking a couple of jokes and to look round. <laughs> wondering how it would be received to see the professor guffawing away in the background so then i i was instantly <laughs> comforted it was working yeah and yeah, i think true. there were other moments as well when when jonathan pye was going through his gags and trying lines in different ways and yeah you know when you're on set everyone's supposed to be completely silent but there was a point when I think with both the comedians, actually, when the whole crew started laughing as well so that, <laughs> that, that made me smile but um but yeah, I did think of another one as a sort of darker side to it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we're in we're in the country that's famous for its weather. Yeah. And as we look at climate change, you know, rolling out now and the the destabilization of the jet stream, we yeah. could see a situation where every other country just about on the planet gets a lot hotter, and the UK <laughs> does exactly the opposite and gets colder and wetter. <laughs> that's that's got a sort of ironic uh, dark yeah. humor to it, I think. I guess, yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> All right, so tell me one final thing that people can do to fight climate change i guess changing insurance to a, to a greener one well, actually, <laughs> yeah no, it, i can't claim insurance is fun but of course yeah, let, yeah. Do that. But, no, the, uh, this this is hard isn't it i think it's always yeah. 
Yeah. It's always uplifting to join groups of people trying to make change because they're generally inhabited by positive can-do people. So you can get an uplift from that. But I I did think of a personal one. So the 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 thing that happened to me when I moved to Devon was that I acquired more space. Yeah. And I suddenly spent all my time mowing the lawn. I mean, <laughs> mowing the lawn because there's, there's this thing about home ownership. You have to have a perfectly cut yeah. lawn. Yeah. <laughs> So when, but when I started learning about the biodiversity crisis, this is great. I don't have to mow my lawn anymore. So yeah, I, I get a lot of fun out of not mowing my lawn now. Yeah, let I just, it go I wild. Just, well, I just mow the edges so it looks like it was meant to be like that. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's the that's the pleasure I get. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> let it go wild. You know, let let the lawn go wild. <laughs> okay, so now we are in for a treat. So, who wants to be climate aware? That's the name of my quiz, and you're gonna be uh, part of it. So, you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. No money involved, unfortunately. Just the glory. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, first question. You got free option, obviously, if he answers. So, how much will the sea level rise be in Devon? by the end of the century. So option A, as high as one meter. Option B, as high as one Devon pasty. Option C, as high as one Devon Jack Russell. <laughs> you know, I've never heard of a Devon Jack Russell, but nice, nice, nice. It's, it's famous, apparently. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's famous. Right, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's got it's got to be A, but I am really yeah. worrying worrying things about the Green Line Dash Shelf, which might make it worse than that. But yeah, yeah let's go for A. Let's go for A. Yeah, it's the right one. Yeah, yeah. And and you know about the Jack Russell now. Yeah, that's good. That's Absolutely. great. You might, you might get one, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> okay, second question. Who said... By rejoining the Paris Climate Agreement, President Biden indicates he's more interested in the views of the citizen of Paris than in the jobs of the citizen of Pittsburgh. <laughs> so, A, option A, Nick Aldrich, after, after translating a French journalist as part of his climate change translator series. Option B, Nick Aldrich, at the end of a fly-free journey from <laughs> Devon to Athens. Option C, Republican Senator Ted Cruz. I see you've done your research with the flight-free journey. Yeah, um, I did. <laughs> I think it might just be Senator Ted Cruz, actually. Yeah, 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 you're right. And, you know, coming back to the flight-free journey, I'm about doing one from, uh, well, from Ramsgate to nearly Greece, let's say, like uh, Crotone, my hometown, which is very close to Greece. Right, uh, south of Italy, just to be clear. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so third question and last one. What is the climate shadow of a person, right? So option A, a bloody cloud following that person everywhere. Option B, all major actions that can be measured precisely but impact that person in a climate positive way, like switching to a bank that doesn't invest in fossil fuel or in insurance, of course, putting pressure on local MPs, giving up flying, etc. Option C, a shadow a person should reasonably be scared of. <laughs> Well, I think it's got to be B. Yeah, three out of three. Well done. Yeah, impressive. <laughs> impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> right, that's the end of this Climber for Fun episode. Nick, thank you so much for your fun contribution. And of course, thanks to whoever tuned in today. Next episode will be in a month as usual. In the meantime, remember to fight climate change while laugh at a time. Thanks, Nick. Ciao. Thank you very much. Bye. Thanks a lot.